Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. <coughs> and this is the last time for at least a week that I will be coming to you live from New York City. Um, as I've been telling you all week, I am going on vacation. Um, and I, you know, I keep using much needed. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> I work between. 18 and 20 hours a day. So when I say much needed, it is really much needed. Um, But I love what I do, and you guys make it possible, so I thank you so much for that. Um, Next time I'm live, I'll probably be in Disneyland. So yay. Um, But we'll get there when we get there. Um... And I just want to remind you guys, tomorrow is True Crime Saturday. This week is Ladies Who Kill. And speaking of true crime, let's talk some Jesse Smollett. So, me and Will had a, a bet. And the bet was that if nothing stupid happened in the week, he would buy me a bottle of bourbon. I lost that bet literally 12 hours after we made it. Because that's when it started coming out that Jesse Smollett actually may not have staged the hoax. Or he may not have staged his own attack. This may not have been a hoax. Um, And we talked about this in a previous episode. So what what is this? What what actually happened? Well, from the sounds of it, the Chicago Police Department was basing their whole case on a check in the statement of these two brothers who then flipped and made a completely different statement to the grand jury. And so what so the Chicago Police Department did what any good investigators would do and went and held a press conference condemning Jesse Smollett. And the DA recused herself. Um, I don't know, I cannot remember her first name for the life of me, but her last name is Fox, I remember that. So DA Fox recuses herself. With no explanation... Um, at some point, someone said, oh, she, she recused herself because she, um, was a victim of a a sex crime, which made no damn sense, because this is not a sex crime case. It was a hate crime case. But now, rumor has it that prosecutors are getting ready to dump the case altogether because they don't feel like they can make it stick. Now, why go, through, why go through this whole process if they're just going to dump it? The answer is easy. This is, they picked up on the narrative of a TV station who got a big bump in, in the ratings from saying that Jesse faked it. There was no evidence of this. And... 
they even came out and said, no, we're not treating him as a suspect. That is not what we're looking at. Now, if if that is what they were looking at, they would have said it. Or they wouldn't have made any comment. Which would have been the best route to go. But they de- they denied that this was even happening. Which leads us to believe that they weren't that they waited to see what the public opinion was and go with that. And then they thought, oh, well, we could probably make a case. But now that the case is starting to fall off and, you know, Jesse's kind of weaved, you know, oh, I've taken ecstasy, you know, I have an untreated drug problem narrative. Now they're really like, okay, we... We, we we can't make this work. At this point, this is only a rumor. Um, but I think there's enough evidence to support the rumor that they really can't make this stick. Um, they have bigger fish to fry with the R. Kelly case. And frankly, it was always going to be a very difficult proposition for them. I think maybe they were hoping that Jesse would um, back down, plead no contest... And take a plea deal. And when he didn't do that, they were kind of in a weird position where they didn't know what to do next. And speaking of not not knowing what to do next, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And Mac. So let's talk to R. Kelly. Now, I have friends who are wealthy. I had... um, or, I shouldn't say wealthy, but, they, you know, they have money. Um, I have one friend who... She worked at Bloomberg. Made money hand over fist, basically. And was she was very a, a very generous person. Um, you, you guys know her. She, she co-hosted with me once. Her name is Leanne. And she always, we would always joke about, you know, if I got in trouble, she would post my bail. And I have no doubt, there's not one shred of doubt in my mind that she would have. Um, and, and the same goes um, for me. I would have bailed her out, too. So R. Kelly was bailed out by a friend, Valencia Love. Who owns a popular Chicago area brunch spot called Love on the Blue. And people are not happy. They, um, bad reviews are popping up on Yelp and, um, other reviewing sites. Basically calling her out for helping a pedophile. So, for those of you that don't know, last Friday, R. Kelly turned himself into the police after being charged with, um, like, four counts of sexual assault. Um, three counts of those are sexual assault of a minor. And the judge held him on a million-dollar bond, 250000 for each of the sexual assault charges. And he claimed poverty. 
there was no way he could afford this. Which everyone said seemed really odd because how one of the most successful R&B artists ever can't afford to post his own bond. It didn't seem, something seemed off. So he spent three nights in jail until Valencia posted it for him. And in one interview, she said that she was just helping out a friend. You know, the in twenty eighteen or in twenty seventeen, she made one point one million. In twenty eighteen, um, or in in twenty seventeen, she got one point one million for the death of her daughter, her infant daughter. That's how she opened Blue um, Love on the Blue. And then last year, she surprisingly made the exact same amount from from the restaurant. But she swears that none of the money that she got from her settlement went to help R. Kelly. But in a strange twist, she also said that it was his money that she bailed him out with. Some people are saying she's just trying to pivot away and, you know, like he repaid her. You know, she has, she has $100,000 to get him out on hand, so she took that. Um, and then he paid her back well, um, because his attorneys were working on getting the money out for him already. Other people are saying that um, perhaps the child that died was his because she does claim that they're old friends, but neither one are commenting on how they met. So her having a... a, Her having his baby would kind of line up and make sense. And there's a really bad joke that I'm not going to make. I have to resist it. (laughs) Uh, I would get I would so get so many horrible horrible um, comments if I if I made that joke anyways um, so R. Kelly's out now he was out on the town he had McDonald's he had you know he went to a cigar lounge Um, he went and hung out with Valencia and said thank you and it's all just weird you know, people are boycotting her restaurant. Sales are way down. The staff is understandably nervous about what's going to happen. And Valencia said, for her part, seems to be sticking by her decision. She says, hey, everyone's innocent until they're proven guilty. If, you know, he, he deserves due process. I want to know how he hasn't already been proven guilty with the text messages and everything that have come out. Makes you really think, doesn't it? I'm gonna go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Okay, so you guys, I'm shook. Last time we talked about Sarah Jessica Parker was when I was writing um, Feud in the City. Um, and her and Kim Control were just at each other's throats. And 
um, that kind of ended. Um, and, oh, actually, the last time we talked about her was when we found out what 6 in the City 3 was going to be when, um, they say that Big was going to be killed and allegedly Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha, was going to be seducing, um, Miranda's 16-year-old son. But, you know, and it, that was allegedly all out of petty. But, this time we're talking about Sarah, Mich- um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Gotta get my three names. Sarah, Sarah's right, apparently. Um, this time we're talking about Sarah Jessica Parker. Starting, well, not starting her own line, um, but having her own line of wines. Um, she's going to be working with a company called Envivo, and her line of wines will include a Sauvignon Blanc and a Rosé. And here's what she has to say. I'm a true wine lover, and I love, and I love including wine in family dinners and occasions with friends, so this is very exciting and fun, and a fun project for me. I'm so looking forward to every single stage of, of the creation. I intend to be very hands-on throughout the process, and I am with all my endeavors. Now, here's... Okay. I actually had a chance to talk with someone who worked with Sarah Michelle... Why do I keep calling her Sarah Michelle Keller? Wow. I actually had a chance to talk with someone who worked with Sarah Jessica Parker on her fashion line. And they said, you know... The the first thing that they said is, she truly is there for every step of the creation. She will give her opinion, but she's very respectful about it. Even if she doesn't like it, she doesn't isn't negative or anything. She just says that's not the direction that she wants to go in, which is fair. She's the boss. It's her name on the product. Uh, and she worked with with the team every single step of the way. Which, first of all, is fascinating. But more to the point, it it shows just how dedicated she is. And I'm sure people are going to say, oh, horse face with this or horse face that. Let's let's grow out of that for a minute and look at this. This is a woman who doesn't have to work, period. She has... <clears throat> more than enough money to live the rest of her life in a secure fashion. Like she doesn't, she doesn't have to worry about money. She can do whatever the hell she wants to do. But she chooses to keep working. She's choosing to do this line of wine. You know, she chooses to have her fashion line. She chooses to continue to act. And you know, if if this was like a Kara Sedwick. Kevin Bacon situation where they lost a lot of their money in the um, Bernie Madoff scheme, I would understand it. But, you know, Sir Michelle got oh, Sir Jessica Parker, damn it. <laughs> I don't even think production notes would help me with this one. Um, Sir Jessica Parker. 
first of all, was a producer on the Sex and the City series, as well as the star. And she has ownership in the series. So that, or she has ownership in the franchise, I should say. So what that means is, um, she gets residuals from acting and, and producing. But she also gets part of the profits from the syndication of the TV show. Um, she got money from owning her piece of the franchise for the first two movies. Um, she got money from the Carrie Diaries when that was on. So, basically anything that you see with um, the official Sex and the City logo... Sarah Michelle Go- <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, damn it! <laughs> people, I, and I people are going to tell me I did this on purpose. I did not do this on purpose. I don't know why I keep getting those two confused. Sarah Jessica Parker um, gets money off of all of that. And I think that's why she was so adamant that she wanted a third movie to happen. And I'm going to go and hopefully not get confused again in the next segment because that would be bad. (laughs) I'll be right back. And I'm back. So I promised myself and Will, but mostly myself, that I would keep the politics talk down to a minimum. With the election coming up next year, we're going to be inundated with a lot of, um, with a lot of politic talk, and I, I want there to be a safe haven for everyone. But, of course, there's, sometimes you just can't help it because the story is so per- pervasive and kind of filters into every crevice of the media, including entertainment and celebrity gossip, that you just have to talk about it. Such is the case with the Michael Cohen testimony that happened um, on Wednesday. Um, for those that are new or don't know who Michael Cohen is for whatever reason, he was Trump's former fixer and special White House counsel. Last year, his office his office was raided and his home was raided by the FBI. Um, and it was all in connection with the um, Robert Mueller investigation. Cohen flipped on Trump. And started selling out all his secrets. In, um, including admitting that he lied to Congress when to protect Donald J. Trump. Okay. You know, nothing about this is a big surprise so far. We've seen Trump's inner circle shrink and people turn against him. At the turn of a hat. What is surprising though is Cohen's road to redemption will, first of all, include jail time, 
which is not something that anyone thought was going to happen before. Um, in fact, a lot of people thought that he was going to go for a reduced sentence and not seizing inside of a jail cell at all. Um, but as of right now, it looks like he's going to turn himself in in May. I believe it's May 6th and serve three years. So out of a lot of good testimony yesterday, two things come to mind as being standouts. At the very end of at the very end of his testimony and what was basically his closing statement, Cohen said that he fears that if Donald Trump loses in 2020, there will not be a peaceful transition of power. Now, this is not a big surprise. Trump is going to do everything he possibly can to hold on to power for as long as he can. Um, he is, he's already made comments about um, China's, China's president being president for life, and maybe the U.S. would try that. Um, during the 2016 election... He said that he would not accept the results of the election. But, of course, the stakes weren't as high then because he literally had no power. Even if he didn't concede the election, if Hillary had won, there was there's nothing he can do. Now, technically, there's nothing he can do now. Um, because if he loses and... Um, whoever the winner is is sworn in the military is under their command not his he can whine and scream and whatever he wants to do but he has literally no power um so that's going to be a very interesting um thing and quite frankly it's not anything that we don't expect from him But the more interesting part came from a line of questions by Alexandria um, Cortez. I, I always forget how to say her her second or her first last name. Um, AOC. We love the AOC. Um, she asked very targeted questions. Like, did Donald Trump lie on his um, tax returns, basically? Uh, and I'm paraphrasing her. her. Her wording was much more precise. And she was doing it for a reason, which we're going to get to in one second. And Michael Cohen answered, yes. And he also answered, yes, that Donald Trump lied to banks. And all of this. Why is this important? Because AOC has now asked the questions that will allow the oversight committee where he was testifying on Wednesday to open investigations into this and subpoena his tax records. This is big news because up until this point, he has refused to let them be seen because they were quote-unquote under audit. And even Michael Cohen said, I asked to see it. And I've never seen his tax returns. 
what what will this mean ultimately? Maybe nothing. Maybe we're sitting on the verge of a huge presidential scandal that not even Teflon Don can wiggle his way out of. Only time will tell, but don't be surprised. And that's what I'm going to say here um, as I end the segment. Don't be surprised when those tax return are those tax forms are are subpoenaed because there's going to be some good stuff on there. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back and I'm coming back to you with some sad news. It um like it's this is so sad I don't even know how to start. Um Catherine Hillman has died at the age of 89. Um, for those of you who don't know who Catherine Hillman is, uh, she played Mona Robinson on the classic sitcom uh, Who's the Boss? Um, she also was on the groundbreaking um, 1970s sitcom Soap. Uh, and, and just a really quick note about Soap. It's groundbreaking, and I always get yelled at when I say this, because it was the first sitcom, the first network sitcom, to include a gay character. Um, so, I think the most well-known name besides Catherine Hellman ended up being Billy Crystal. So, <clears throat> there's that. And Catherine Hellman was in a lot of, a lot of stuff. After Who's the Boss ended, she ended up um, recurring on Coach with Craig T. Nelson. Um, she was on True Blood with Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer. She was on something called A&E, um, on A&E called The Glades. And back, back before she actually broke out in TV... She had a star-making turn on Broadway. She was nominated for Tony. I forgot what the play is called. Um, because I I wanted to come back and let you guys know about this. Because I'm always trying to bring, bring you breaking news. Even when it's devastating. And, um, you know, Catherine Hellman is it's just a legend. She, uh, she picked up a pair of Emmys, I believe. Um... Out of six nominations, she has Golden Globes. So she was a very well-respected actress. Um, yeah, I don't. Like, I'm just so. It, it, you know, it's one of those things where she was 89, so it shouldn't be shocking. But it's still kind of shocking. I'm sure that doesn't make any sense, but y'all are gonna go with it with me, okay? I'm going to go, and I'll be right back. And now for our regularly scheduled last segment. Um, Again, I just wanted to bring the Catherine Hellman news as soon as it broke. Um, But I've been following the Ryan Adams story. The FBI is investigating the alleged um, text um, text messages from him to the underage girl. And actress Mandy Moore, his ex-wife, 
keep speaking out, saying, you know, it was the right thing to do to speak out, to let people know what he's like, blah, blah, blah. And the one question that does remain is why Mandy Moore waited to speak out. It's not as if she, you know, her career would have been hurt or anything like that if she spoke out. By the time they divorced, like, her career was already stabilized. But, you know, I've never been... I've not been in her situation, so it's not a judgment. I'm just kind of curious as to why she waited to speak out like she did. Um, I'm sure that there's reasons, and I'm sure there are very good reasons. I just... I, I, I'm just curious about them. And as as the consequences start to roll out, so far Ryan has lost sponsorship deals with music equipment companies. Um, his his album has been scrapped or at least delayed. He was he was to have three CDs come out this year. And at this point, it's looking like um, at least one has been indefinitely delayed. The second one isn't due out until later on this year, so they might be waiting to see if if the scandal blows over or if um, if maybe they need to take a look at it and um, delay that one as well. And the third one. Again, it's probably just a wait and see. But they're not... No one's happy with him right now. And fans in the UK... He was was getting ready to start a new tour in the UK and Ireland. But that's been delayed too because fans were like, Wait a minute. We don't like what's happening. We don't want our money to go to him. We want refunds. And at first, ticket vendors were like, "Hmm, Yeah, no sorry, it's so sad, but no, you're not going to get that. And I think they started to realize this is not good for business. You're, you're sticking up for one artist and potentially losing money with other artists because no one's going to want to go through you when, when you won't give them a refund and they're not even, you know, they're not going to the concert or whatever. So with with that in mind, one one fan said Um one fan said regarding or reading the allegations upset me quite a lot and I decided I do not want any of my money to go to Ryan Adams in the future. I've tried to get a refund on the ticket and I've yet to hear anything back. In the current climate we live, we live in now, I definitely think about who I want my hard-earned money to go to, and I do think that the whole music industry needs to look at itself. And, I, I mean, it really does. Because more than probably any other industry, the music industry is just teeming with people who have been accused or have said that they have been sexually harassed by people, um, by A&R, by producers. Um, look at Kesha. She said that Dr. Luke 
um, raped her and she was dragged through the mud. Uh, of course, she ended up releasing a new CD and it did very well. I believe it got her some Grammy nominations. But even that was just an ordeal in and of itself. Um, Ticketmaster Ireland and London's Royal Albert Hall officially cancelled the tour and they said the Ryan Adams UK and Ireland tour has been cancelled. Full refunds to ticket purchasers from authorized outlets will be processed by end of the day Monday. Please allow time for the repayment transaction to hit your account. So it, it, it sounds like now that they're trying to make things right. It, it could be too little too late but I don't think so. Um, it could have been a contractual thing, and if it was, I hope they come out and say, this is what happened, this is why we couldn't, um, take care of you sooner. That way, the more transparent you are, the more people are willing to forgive. And that's the whole thing here. Um, and as this Ryan Adams story continues to develop, I will stay on top of it. Um, I just want to say one more time before I go... Next week, I will be on vacation. Um, There's a plan for some new episodes to hit, but I don't know when they're going to be published. Um, I don't know quite what my schedule is going to look like as of yet. Um, Tomorrow, Ladies Who Kill, Saturday, True Crime, Drunk Gossip. Um, Sunday, I think we're going to have a day of blind, um, blind items. And hopefully I will have some answers for you as to what we're going to be doing. Um, Until next time, though, I'm lifting my martini glass and saying cheers.